0: Hey, hey, Sal, how come you got no brothers on the wall here? You want brothers on the wall? Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. You can put your brothers and uncles and nieces and nephews, your stepfather, stepmother, whoever you want. You see? But this is my pizzeria.
1: American Italians on the wall only. Life goes on. Resolve of functions. <laughs> okay, party people in the
2: house. A man becomes preeminent. He's expected to have enthusiasm. You're gonna have to repay the enthusiasm. He'd be cool. You. Here. You have oh, shit. Shit. shit! These violent delights violent
3: ends. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the WOcast. Kindly sponsored by good friends over there at Violent Money. My guests this week include the recent winner of a cool one million dollars, Road FC's Mansur Banuri, Bellator's Fabian the Assassin Edwards and the UFC's John Phillips and Darren the Dentist-Stewart. That's all coming up later. Firstly, what a tumultuous roller coaster of a combat sport we witnessed as the UFC pitched up in Sweden this past weekend. Here to discuss this and other combat-related news is G from State Farm. G, welcome back to the WOCast.
4: Hello. Thank you for having me. I have
3: to say, this past weekend has been an almost roller coaster of emotions at UFC Sweden. We saw a couple of people hang up their gloves. Nick Hein hung up his gloves. Alexander Gustafsson hung up his gloves. But also, I mean, across the board, it was a a real bad night for the Brits. We saw Stevie Ray get well basically KO'd. We saw Chris Fishgold get well strangled and we also saw Jimmy Manua basically succumb to a head kick KO. Now I did feel that probably more than most because I was sitting at home as a fan. Now for me That was a bitter pill to swallow because of the fact that, you know, I do regard Jimmy as uh, somebody who's done a lot for not just Woe TV, but for me personally. But also, um, the fact is, he's now hung up his gloves. I mean, first off, I mean, just just what's what's your take on the whole UFC Stockholm card? I mean, there were certain things in there that you said that would happen, that happened. And uh, I'm just kind of curious as to what you thought of it all.
4: Well, first and foremost, I would like to offer my thoughts and prayers for you and everybody <laughs> in Europe. And the Brits took it; they took it hard.
3: Oh wow! So. Oh wow! Is that is that how, is that how you're coming now? With the little <laughs> chuckle, with the little smile, the way that I, I to look at it. Just
4: throw a, little, a few shots at you, but you know, I know your your heart hurts, and, and I know you guys are in a lot of pain. I'm so sorry.
3: Oh, big time! <laughs> a i got weekend. I've got the Ooh. big boy pants on today because, really and truly, I had to kind of man up and uh, swallow basically um, a slew of, well bad nights at the office. I mean, you know, not even just to mention, just slightly, I know this is a a mixed martial arts show, but look at Anthony Joshua. Talk about bad night at the office for the Brits across the board.
4: Oh, it just doesn't stop. And I just feel like maybe ufc needs to chill out with these like kind of like home field home card type of cards because they did it to brazil i went to bed um depressed at the last brazil card every brazilian got smoked (laughs) including (laughs) little Nog. and then we go to europe and we go to stockholm and i'm just like geez people are retiring alexander Gustafsson, jimmy manuel is back and then he gets knocked out so quick i was just like my god like let's just mix it up a bit let's just move forward with this hometown (laughs) You're T-
3: killing to be fair though you did call it with regard to um stevie ray um you did say that santos would come out swinging you did say that santos wasn't someone that could actually be overlooked leonardo santos came out there and brought the pain like big time
4: oh yeah he's he's a sneaky one because the problem is is that he's been he hasn't been fighting for a while. He's kind of injury plagued, but it doesn't take away the fact that this guy is one, a very slick counter uh, puncher, and he did it with um, Kevin Lee. When Kevin Lee was on a tear, he hit him with the same shot he hit Stevie Ray. So he's somebody to look out for when it comes to countering. And then if you take him to the ground, it's over because he's a um, he's been doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu since he was five. So he's basically a well-rounded fighter. And he won tough, two in Brazil. But it's just like there's not a lot of talk or smoke around him. But he's, he's a quiet one. So I wasn't too surprised when he popped... Stevie Ray, especially when Stevie overextended, left his chin out. Do you know what I mean? That's that that's perfect for somebody like Santos to just counter and pow. He he took advantage of it.
3: And again, I mean, it seemed like knockouts were the uh, well, was definitely on special order on Saturday because seeing Jimmy Manuel getting KO'd like that, it did make me think that, you know, perhaps Perhaps even before now, he might have actually called it quits. But obviously, you and I, you know, we have the same mindset that none of us can actually tell a fighter or suggest that a fighter quits. But given the successive knockouts that he had almost one after each other in terms of losses that he sustained and i suspect given i've been party to seeing what actually goes on in the gym he's been in some hard wars in the gym now when you actually multiply the hard wars in the gym and actually add them to the hard wars in the cage you can understand why that knockout came very, very quickly. I mean, I have to say, I have to say, hats off to Rakic because he came out there with venomous intentions. But oh, I, I have, to, I have to also, you know, tip my hat. Um, if we are looking at the card, I also have to tip my hat to Alexander Gustafsson because he actually left on his terms. When you think about it, no one dragged him out of the sport. No one drummed him out of the sport. No one suggested that perhaps he might hang them up. He's got, just like Jimmy Manuel, outside interests outside of the sport of MMA. And whilst he's still got his faculties, he wants to use those to basically good effect in entrepreneurial, um, well, in in an entrepreneurial spirit, which I, I think they both have that similarity to them.
4: Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. However, Jimmy Manoa retiring makes me feel a little bit better because, yeah, he's had um, three KOs, well, four losses, three KOs, and won a hard decision to Jan Bankowitz. I'm saying his name completely wrong. But of it. But he's been, he's been <laughs> in some wars, and I think what fans don't realize, or people not necessarily fans, but people that don't train or have never trained don't realize that in sparring, you're getting knocked out the same way you saw Jimmy get knocked out in, in the octagon, that was just for all of us to see. So if you take the knockouts from, like, sparring and then the, the hard fights that you're fighting in, in the octagon and then also the little subtle injuries that you're having, you're not really going to last long in this career. So I'm happy that Jimmy decided to be like, this is enough. I've got a family and I've got stuff on the outside that I can do and I'm going to hang him up. But I feel like with Gustafsson, did he retire because he's in his feelings? Like, he... He lost a hard bout to Anthony Smith, and I understand he put everything into it and trained hard. He probably doesn't understand how he lost, but the way he put down those gloves didn't say the word retire and just said the show's over, folks. He just seemed, it seemed emotional. So I question, like, do you think he might come back or do you think, you know, all the stuff that he's doing outside of, you know, the gym and, and the UFC, maybe he can make enough money and not need to come back? But... I don't know. I don't, I'm don't. i not buying the retirement just yet. And they. And then I feel like a lot of them come back. Uriah is on his way back. Anderson done broke his leg and then uh, just recently hurt his knee. And he's like, he wants a rematch. We're all thinking retirement. You know what I mean? Like, they just don't retire when we think it's best. And then a lot of times when they do, they come back. So I wonder, unless I'm just a fan and I really want him to come back, but I don't know. I don't I don't. I'm not buying Just, Just like you?
3: yourself. Just like yourself. I, I do, um, from a selfish point of view, um, have some regrets at seeing him actually walk off into the sunset. But also, I'm pleased because he's doing it on his terms. But I've right. seen that look in his eye. I've seen that look, that same glance that he gave to the cameras way back when he lost to Anthony Johnson. Now that was in front, that Anthony Johnson in front of a home crowd, that was a devastating loss and I think as well, when you look at his path to the belt now, where does he go? How quickly can he get back into title contention? He's only there to test himself against the best, and that's what he said. And he's also said he doesn't feel as though he has it anymore. Now, when you marry those two things together, and when you think of it like this, I feel as though he's rehearsed this in his head previously. I feel as though he's actually come to this point in his mind's eye and has rehearsed this speech. Just like someone in a bad relationship would say to themselves, you know what, I'm done with this woman or I'm done with this man, but not actually utter those words. They've actually rehearsed it in their head. It seems as though we, well, he has actually been at this, this door before. And I think it goes way back to when he lost in front of a home crowd Um, That Anthony uh, Johnson Johnson, um, lost I think was particularly devastating but just like yourself the old romantic in me would like to see him actually come back at some point but the realist in me looking at what he has in terms of a future because there's three things that you have to remember he now lives on a massive farm complex in that that's something which is definitely keeping him busy outside the cage. Okay. Two, he's got a lovely young family. That's definitely going to be keeping him busy outside right. the cage. But three, and I suppose one of the most important thing is he's got a lot that he can actually give to up and coming fighters through his All Stars gym. He's a partner in that gym. So all of that when you take all of that in its entirety, that's a lot to be getting on with, and coupled with the fact if you've basically checked out psychologically, because this is another thing that you and I discussed last week. In that, psychologically, um, obviously, you and I aren't privy to the day to day ins and outs of his life, but it's coming across very heavily and very strongly that you know he does. Um, have well he, he had a psychological setback as would anybody given the heady heights that I mean he, he was in title contention he fought the champion and he believed the first time round that he won that now to fall from those heights you would imagine that would actually have an effect on him psychologically so with all of that you have to say to yourself there's some finality to it now
4: Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. It's perhaps that maybe I'm a fan and I'm in my feelings. I'm sitting here saying he's in his feelings. Perhaps Gina is in her feelings because I don't want to see the guy go, but at the same time, I am happy to see him call it if he, re- if he really is calling it on his own terms. I don't want Gus to turn into like, you know, like a BJ Penn when we're like begging him to retire because he keeps getting smoked or we're like a Chuck Liddell where if you blow on his chin, he's, he's, knocked, he's knocked right out. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that Gus is going out on his own terms. But I guess the fan in me doesn't want him to go because he's just put on so many good shows, win or lose. Do you know what I mean? So, well, we'll I'm going to keep my fingers crossed to see maybe if he comes back. But if he doesn't, of course, I wish him the best. And I'm really happy he's leaving. And it seems he's leaving healthy. You know, we don't have any concerns yet. So that's. I think it's a good choice for him and definitely a good choice for Jimmy. But I will say that Jimmy's opponent... Alexander hit me with the last name, you know I'm trash. Crazy. Rackage Rackage.
3: Rackage.
4: Rackage. Uh, this guy's no joke. Like I know he's not he's unranked and whatnot, but I know that this kid is I think he's gonna do well in this division. And he's uh basically undefeated right now in the ufc and although he's unranked i think he can hang with some of these guys and i think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him
3: 100 percent, we are uh, looking at a, we are looking i'd at like
4: a... to see him actually fight that um johnny walker guy i think it's the ufc needs to do two things let's stay away from these home cards where you know the whole town or the whole you know country is representing and then everybody loses it's hurting my feelings and secondly let's let's put some of these young bucks against each other you know no more jimmy versus young buck no more you know these older guys anderson silver versus izzy let's let's get some of these these young guys start knocking each other off and i think it would be really cool if alexander and johnny walker could go out of that
3: now that is a really good really excellent shout. That is some quality matchmaking there. I definitely agree with you. I mean, Johnny Walker.
4: These these old guys are getting smoked. Little Nod just got creamed by some contender dude and I I almost cried like, we need a break, Michael. We need a break. Let these young kids kill each other, please.
3: (laughs) You know, what I would say about the UFC is that you and I are talking about or lamenting the fact that, you know, we are going to obviously miss people like Jimmy Manua and Alexander Gustafson and Nick Hine. Mm -hmm. But the good thing about the UFC, there is no shortage of stars willing to take our attention, willing to take their place in terms of, um, well, giving us thrilling endings. I mean, speaking of which, this Saturday, we're going to be uh, hit with some more action. And I know you're particularly excited about this because um, we see Henry Cejudo and Marlon Marais basically um you you can you can almost look at this as um well are we actually going to see this division um uh, uh continue the flyweight division considering what belt is up for grabs right now
4: oh yeah i think i think um i think believe it or not i think this fight is unnecessary but at the same time really exciting i think henry coming up and fighting at weight kind of disrupts the natural flow of things because you have al joe you have pedro um pedro i'm terrible pedro I munoz mean, there you go get used to that because i'm terrible um you know i think it disrupts um the the weight class but at the same time it is vacant and Henry's hot right now, and him and uh, Marlon can't stand each other. Me, personally, I think it's like the two cringe kings about to fight. Like, both of them just make me cringe. <laughs> but isn't... It's just The things that come out their mouth just makes me just feel so crazy. And it's so cringe-worthy. And I can't wait to see who's going to be the king of all kings when they collide but I think it's going to be one hell of a fight. Actually, I can't even really pick a winner. But isn't, I don't know who's going to win that.
3: But isn't this uh, a final nail in the coffin for the flyweight? When you think about it, this is at bantamweight. People will yep. have suddenly forgotten that there is another division which uh, is teetering on the edge, and for a long while, people were saying that it's definitely done. And that conversation is coming back around, because when you look at this matchup, I mean here's to tell what's going to happen.
4: Yeah, I agree with you because it's just like, well, what are you doing with the flyweight division right now if if the champion is coming up to fight a vacant uh, um, slot in the bantamweight division? Meanwhile, there's guys down there and then all the rumors about it, you know, being dismantled and whatnot. And then Dana's not really saying shit either. And then one minute, Henry is advocating for the weight class to, you know, to move forward. And then the next minute he's, you know, he's left it and he's gonna go fight Marlon Morra. So it's it's just a lot going on. I'm gonna wait for Dana White to make a decision on this. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets rid of it. Which would be disheartening. You know what I mean? It's not my favorite weight class, but those guys work their asses off and they've got families to provide for as well. And they're pretty damn good. They're so fast I don't even know what's going on half the time when I watch them when I watch them fight.
3: I tell you what, speaking of favorite weight class, um I know we are skipping Uh, about the card ever so slightly but what's definitely floating my boat is Donald Cerrone versus Tony Ferguson. Lightweight action at its finest. I mean I see this being a stand up battle but I mean don't be surprised considering that um, Tony Ferguson is under the tutelage of Eddie Bravo that this could actually involve some real slick groundwork from both fighters. Now for me I'm glad uh, on two fronts. One that we do get to see an exciting matchup of this magnitude, but two, that Tony Ferguson is back in action. In particular, I'm I'm, I'm pinpointing Tony Ferguson because of his past battles with mental health issues. And, um, you know, I'm pleased that he does seem, or it, it would appear that he has Um, almost got his mind back in the game. And that's a really difficult thing to do because with mental health issues, it's not something that you can just shrug off or basically, you know, quote unquote, pull yourself together.
4: Right. And I agree with you. And I feel like that's like almost a touchy subject because it's like, I'm not a doctor, but I'm concerned for Tony because I love Tony. And you're reading about all these things that went on in his home and you're concerned. And then the next thing you know, He's got a, a fight coming up. And you're just like, is he healthy enough to fight? Is the UFC looking out for him? Is he okay? Like, But then after a while, it's like, listen, I'm, I'm going to mind my business and I'm going to wish Tony the best. And he's, I'm just going to just hope and pray that he has everything under control and that he's well enough to go forward with this. And let me tell you something. If this guy goes in there and he beats Donald Cerrone, even with all that drama with the mental illness of his family, this guy's a beast. I mean, can you imagine going through all that? training and then still being the best in your division.
3: Exactly. I don't know
4: if you notice this. Tony doesn't lose, bro. Like, he's, he's 11 in a row. Mm. He doesn't lose.
3: Mm. He gets
4: mopped up. He gets beat up. He does, like, three rolls and he gets punched in the face. And he gets back up and he wins the fight. It's unbelievable. So, for him to be able to to continue to do that with all the issues that he was, that was just reported in all the blogs, that's just amazing. Like, I don't, I don't even know what to say, you know?
3: You know, speaking of doesn't lose, I really hope that the Brits on the card, namely Joanne Calderwood and Darren Stewart, are a couple of fighters that won't lose. Because we definitely need some redemption. We want to basically get back in the winning column. Not only that, I mean, Darren Stewart is one of the guests on this week's episode. So I'll be watching him uh, a little bit more closely than the average fighter. As but, so will I. but also, he lives literally just 10 minutes down the road from me. But um, I'm really okay. hoping that this weekend will be a redemption story for the Brits.
4: Yeah, I really hope so, too. And um, I, th- I actually, I think they're both going to get it done. To be honest with you, Darren is no joke. And uh, uh, Joanne is a beast. I actually like, I really like her little fighting style. It's kind of cool. But she's um she's just like this quiet little savage and I think she's gonna get it done against Caitlyn. I won't even dare to say her last name. But I think uh, I think uh, you Brits are gonna redeem yourselves and I really hope they do. You guys need it. That was a rough, rough weekend, pretty bad. He's 19 and four.
3: He's flying under the radar as far as I'm concerned. He's won a cool $1 million. Welcome to the WOCast, Mansur Banoui. Merci, We've got an expert translator mm-hmm. on hand because my French actually extends to the words merde and uh, petit salop. That's as far as my that's as far as my French actually. Extends. Uh,
5: le très bien, he
3: said, Everybody knows these words. It's okay. First up, I'm intrigued. You have won a cool one million dollars. Do you really need to fight again?
2: you venez de gagner un million de dollars. Do you really vous to avez besoin de faire combat? Euh,
5: je pense que oui, même si c'est pas pour le, la, l'argent, euh, faire notre combat c'est, combat, c'est ma vie.
2: Yes, it's not just for the money. Uh, fighting is his life. So, fighting being your life,
3: does that mean that you're continuing with Road FC? Are you contracted to them? Considering you've now basically bagged one million dollars, are you st- are you still contracted to Road FC? Est-ce
2: que vous allez continuer avec Road FC ou vous allez vous à changer maintenant?
5: Je dois défendre ma ceinture une fois au moins au Road FC.
2: Got to defend his, his belt in three months. So,
3: in your title defence, do you know exactly who you will be facing next?
2: Is uh, you que vous savez qui vous allez affronter?
3: Non, pas encore. J'attends de voir ce que le public
5: choisit.
2: Oh, he said not yet. Uh, they are waiting for the public to choose.
3: All right, that's interesting. So the fans get a chance to choose who you fight, basically. Is that what you're saying?
2: Ah, ça, c'est très intéressant. Comment ça se fait que le public euh, a la, cette, cette chance de, de choisir qui vous allez combattre?
5: It's the public who met la pressure on the organisation puis then the organisation chooses after. So, public is the facteur.
2: Okay, so the public is the, is, are the people who wanted him to be with that organisation. So, what the public wants comes first and the organisation second.
3: Wow, that's a very good way of actually um, doing matchmaking. Basically, the, 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 the fans choose. I mean, you know what? Uh, Mansoor, I'm more interested in what you did. What was the first thing you did when you knew that $1 million was going to be in your bank account? Now, first off, what was the first thing that you've got in mind to buy with $1 million?
2: Alors, ce qui m'intéresse le plus, c'est ce que vous allez. Qu'est-ce que, qu'est-ce qui sera la première chose que vous allez faire avec euh, sept millions de dollars quand c'est arrivé dans votre euh, compte ban- bancaire?
5: C'est une maison pour ma mère et faire une grande salle de, de sport de même à Paris.
2: Ah. He's going to buy a house for his mother. Et c'était quoi la la seconde chose? J'ai, j'ai pas compris.
5: Faire un gym à Paris ah. de même MMA.
2: Oh, he's going to uh, set up a gym in Paris.
3: Not meaning to to dwell too much on the million dollars, but it is a bit of a big deal. Now, I understand that, you know, really and truly, you don't have to fight again. But after Road FC, you must have some kind of game plan as to what organisation you'd like to fight for next, whether it be UFC or even Bellator. <laughs>
2: Et dans l'avenir, qu'est-ce que vous comptez faire Rester avec Roy, ou peut-être euh, aller um, um, or ou... uh,
3: um, Would he like to Would he like to fight for Bellator or the UFC la after la he? La 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 je
5: voudrais, là, défendre ma ceinture là-bas. Puis après, il faudrait que je prenne d'autres ceintures, les meilleures ceintures du monde. <shran>
2: So, first of all, his plan is to defend his belt. And then after that, he will—he wants to go for the, the biggest belt in the world.
3: OK. Now, there are several um, belts that he could go for. One of which, um, I have to say, is obviously more prestigious. And that is the UFC. Have the UFC reached out to uh, Mansour um, obviously ahead of his um, title defense.
2: Est-ce que le UFC vous a contacté déjà?
3: Oui, le UFC m'a déjà
5: contacté. Le seul problème c'est que j'ai été déjà sous contrat ou une fois j'étais sous blessure.
2: Okay, so the UFC have already contacted him, but the problem is that he's already under contract, um, and he said something about being injured.
3: All oh, right. Okay. Does it like, pose a problem? Um, mixed martial arts being outlawed, banned in France, in terms of you getting popularity for the sport and the sport actually gaining acceptance.
2: Est-ce que les choses sont difficiles à, à cause du fait que le sport du MMA est interdit en France en ce moment? Ah, le
5: seul truc c'est que on a moins de popularité. Nous, les gros combattants, qu'on combat l'étranger. Un petit peu, oui, c'est
2: difficile. Uh, a, a little bit, yes. Uh, the main problem is that obviously um, it's not very popular in France, so we're not, they're not well. Big fighters are not well known because most of the fights happen abroad.
3: Tom Duquesnoy hung up his gloves the other day. What was his impression or what was his opinion of Tom retiring?
2: Alors, plus récemment, un gros combattant qui s'appelle. Tom duquenois a décidé de ne, de ne plus euh, euh, de, de changer de, de sport, de, de ne plus combattre avec euh, le MMA. Qu'est-ce que qu'est-ce que vous en pensez?
5: Je pense qu'il doit, je sais pas, il, il fait ce qu'il veut. Hein, il doit avoir des trucs dans sa vie et que nous-mêmes on peut pas comprendre. Et je sais pas, c'est sa vie. Il fait ce qu'il veut.
2: So he says that really, he doesn't really have an opinion, it's, it's, it's his life, it's, 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 it's his de- decision, so it's not for him to comment on that.
3: Okay, and finally, um, just looking at people who are possibly on your radar as ones to watch in the future, are there any stars that we haven't seen yet that we can expect to break through just like yourself? <laughs> In france
2: Ok et pour l'avenir est-ce qu'il y en a des, des jeunes combattants qui qu'il faut qu'on euh, qu'on attend des grandes choses dans dans l'avenir ou ou pas
5: des ah, bon. jeunes, jeunes combattants français oui oui, oui il, y a, il y en a il y en a beaucoup il y en a beaucoup qui combattent à l'étranger et euh, qui sont vraiment performants comme Saladin euh, monte par Nas
2: Okay, there's a, a young guy called um, Montparnasse who combats with I don't know, the, don't know who the house um, and he trains with him and he thinks he's, he's definitely one to watch
3: Fantastic Well, Mansira. I, I really do wish you um, all the best in your title defense. And thank you so much for joining
2: us. And uh, thank
3: you to our translator as well.
2: Um, Monsieur, on vous remercie beaucoup uh, de, de parler uh, avec nous. Et uh, on vous souhaite uh, bonne chance uh, pour uh, l'avenir uh, dans le sport.
5: Uh, merci à vous et désolé pour... Uh à
2: um, He said thank you very much and so he's sorry that you had to translate and that he didn't wasn't able to speak English. Okay.
3: Uh, I'm I'm intrigued. You know, in translating um, through his uh, Twitter, who does that then? Because his his English seems to be perfect when he's speaking with me.
2: Who uh, does la production uh, sur Twitter pour vous Parce que oh. là, c'est It's a friend. It's a friend.
3: Ah, oh, fantastic. Well, Monsieur, all the best with your title defence, and thank you so much for sparing the time, especially given the, how late it is in France.
2: Okay. Uh, On vous remercie encore, surtout puisqu'il fait assez tard maintenant en France et um, bonne chance uh, encore. Merci. Merci beaucoup.
3: The KO specialist John Phillips is back in action on July the 13th. He faces tough opponent Carl Robertson. Welcome to the WoCast, Mr. Phillips.
1: Thank you for having me on, guys.
3: Now, I don't know why, I keep going back to the whole White Mike Tyson and that nickname for me you'll always be the White Mike Tyson, are we are we any closer John to getting that back on the menu because I have to say you will always be for me the White Mike Tyson.
1: I think as well in, in, in my head I'm always, you know, that nickname is
3: It's fucking really made me who I am, it's
1: a nickname I'm proud to carry and uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm always going to be the white Mike Tyson and I write them the Welsh wrecking machine, but uh, in my head I'm the white Mike Tyson and I think some people don't see it as politically correct, but I I don't mean any offense in it, you know, I I never chose the nickname, I was given a nickname and I I love the nickname, so you know, just
3: call me the Welsh
1: Mike Tyson if, if there's a problem with the white Mike Tyson, you know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well I have to say as as a black man I like the white Mike Tyson and like I say you'll be forever in my head as the white Mike Tyson but just on the new nickname the Welsh Wrecking Machine do you think the torch has been passed given the fact that you actually lost to another Welsh Wrecking Machine?
1: well I don't you know on who watches that fight they know we're going so to lose to give me a loss on that fight is absolutely ridiculous we just you know, the only way to let's put a rematch on and they'll get this fight out of the way. Let's get a rematch and uh, let's see, see what happens next time.
3: Now, in the aftermath of that actual fight, did you and, uh, did you and Jack Marshman actually sit down and discuss p- the possibility of doing the dance all over again at a future date? Or is that done for you in your mind and is it done for him in his mind?
1: Uh, in, in my mind, I'd like to put it straight. I'd like to get a rematch on. You know, and um, I think uh, maybe Jack's team are going to try and run, run with the win. But they know it's unfinished business. You know, I, I can cry about it, whatever. Let's, let's make a song and dance about it. Let's fucking fight again and let's see what happens next time. I won't be leaving it in the hands of the judges.
3: Now, I, I take it it was a very tense 24 hours, 48 hours. I don't know how long it actually took the UFC to get back to you and to tell you that you hadn't actually been given your marching papers, considering how many losses that you had. I mean, how long was it until you actually learned that your job was safe? Straight after the fight. Oh, wow. So they were so straight impressed.
1: Straight
3: after the fight. So they were obviously quite impressed, like everybody else was. I mean, I mean, I don't want to dwell on the fight, but I'm curious, John. You know, um, before the fight, we talked and we talked at length. I had you down as actually coming away as the victor. And, it, and still in my mind, I have to say, no word of a lie, I do believe that you won that fight. Now, you actually knocked him down. To most people, they would see that as possibly an error of judgment, not falling into the floor and actually finishing him. Why did you bow and then essentially invite him to stand back up?
1: Well... We've got to realise, Mike, it we're the entertainment business. I'm here to entertain as well as win. Um, obviously, I can say I regret the decision now, but, you know, if you watch Jack Summer Fights, he always gets involved. And um, I honestly believed after I let him up off the floor that he would try and mix it up a little more with me and would give me you know, a better opportunity then to catch him clean and perhaps get the, the one-shot a knock, you know, walk-off walk knockout. But... Um, you know, I don't want to take any, anything away from Jack. He, you know, he'd he done what he had to do to, to survive the fight. And it is what it is. It's just, I don't feel he had the decision on the night. I'm sure he, he would, in his heart, agree with me. It's just, we need, we've got unfinished business. We need to get it on. And I guarantee I'll give his team a fucking rematch.
3: <laughs> so, I mean, moving on, basically, to your next opponent. Carl Robson. I mean, I, I take it you've been watching tape. I take it you've kind of gathered some intel. What, in terms of threats, do you think that Carl actually poses to you?
1: But he's long. He's awkward, he's, he's a good kicker. He's very similar to um, uh, Kevin Holland's style, really, I, I believe. And obviously, watching what he did against Jack, so yeah, he's you know he's he's, he's a good strike gun. Uh, obviously, can't kick any. Um, Liberties or chances with him, so I just I gotta win there. Switched on, I believe. Honestly, if I go in and fight anyone on my day, switched on, fit, fight ready, I've got a chance of winning. I've always got the, the puncher's chance of, of hitting them and knocking them out, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for war. I've got, in my head, I'm coming off a win, not coming off a loss, and I've got a lot to prove. So, you know, I'm ready to go.
3: Now, there's been another signing recently, and that is Jack Shaw. Another Jack joins the UFC and other Welshmen joined the UFC. Firstly, I mean, what's your take on the rising ranks of the Welsh now kind of, well, filling out the UFC?
1: That's fantastic. You know, and uh, obviously I've watched uh, Jack Shaw uh, come up the ranks and, you know, regardless of what's going on between me and... Uh, Jack Marshman because they're the same team. Of, of course I, I wish Marshman the best of success in, in his career, he's a Welshman and, and not even only a Welshman, I wish anyone the best of luck in their career and success because I know how tough it is personally you know and um, I watched Jack so obviously rise up as a kid and I know how much time his dad has put into him and how much it means to him. So oh, it's, it's absolutely great to see, you know, it's more over the moon, I can not be happy for him, I can not be happier for him. You see these fucking negative people, uh, they hate to see people getting on I, I love to see people getting on The more people that can make it to the UFC, the better and the more Welsh it, it, it brings the bigger chance of maybe having a Welsh uh, UFC in the future.
3: And I take it, you see, that was uh, going to be... You're such a pro, John. That was going to be my next segue. This isn't
1: my first role with your mic, you
3: know <laughs> You see, I I obviously have got that lined up as my next question. Do you think, obviously, now the time is ripe, given that you're in there, um, Jack's now in there, uh, other Jack Marshman... Uh, well, Jack, uh, Jack Marshman is in there as well. And, uh, God, there's another one um, that... Yeah. That Brett that, John. that sorry, we've got Brett Johns. Well. Brett Johns, that's the name that I was scrabbling for. Yeah. Um, do you think the time now is right for UFC Wales?
1: Yeah, I I thought the time was right for a long time. So it's about time that the UFC have come to Wales and put a show on. You know, the Welsh people are are fanatic about UFC, so we're gonna we're gonna sell out, and uh, it'd be great, you know, to have all us Welsh guys fighting on the card. You look at the the car they done in Ireland in uh, Dublin or Belfast, and they had all the, the Irish boys on. It's, it's going to be the same sort of atmosphere, the same style. It's going to be great, and be, uh you know, it, it, it's, it'll be an f- iconic night, really. You know, and I'd, I'd, I'd you know, I'd, I'd murder someone if I were part of it.
3: <laughs> I mean, speaking of icons, um, one thing I noticed the other day, which I, it, it, it's come up in conversation before, but I've never got your take on it um on record now you still train at sbg right yeah now one of the people that you have previously knocked out charlie ward still trains at sbg obviously alongside yourself how awkward was it actually going into the gym the first time and um well laying eyes on charlie ward um do you know what it it was a little bit surreal because i expected you know, maybe
1: a little bit of animosity, but me and Charlie, we cut from the same cloth and uh, we got on like an on awesome fire. If we had fought each other, you know, 10 times, 100 times, I would have won 50, he would have won 50. It was, you know, it was, it was you know, it was on a knife edge and like the, the both of us could have won. And literally, he's, he's like my Irish brother. I love him to bits. So when we go there, we have great training. And it was almost a little bit surreal one one day. I was, we finished training I'm sitting on the mats. And I'm sitting with you know me, Charlie, his son and his daughter. and He's introducing me to his son and his daughter, and they're almost like, Christ, this is mad, though." You know, things come around. You know, we fought each other a few months back, and now I'm sitting on the mat, meeting his son and daughter, and the laugh. And like I said, Charlie is like I couldn't raise him up enough. He's you know he's tough as it come. And like I said, on the night it was it was either me or him, and it could have been either way. You know, he's, he's a tough son of a gun.
3: Now, finally, uh, it's obvious that when you meet Carl Robson, you are going to have to deal with him in emphatic fashion. I-, I take it, obviously, this for you is the last chance saloon, and uh, you're obviously going to be embracing the prospect of KOing Carl Robson on the night. I'm,
1: I guarantee you this, I'm not going to be leaving fights to the judges. <laughs> <laughs> so- People are saying, like, people are saying, oh, last chance, last chance. It doesn't matter. I'm a fucking fighter. i fight anyway, you know. Like, if UFC say, hey, John, you know, you're cut. Right, i go have a couple more fights and re-sign. It's not the end of the world, you know. It's my fight in the career will go on. And I, I, I intend for my fighting career to stay in the UFC and keep pushing. So I'm going to keep coming to fight and they haven't seen nothing yet, you know. Watch this face.
3: Joining me now on the WOCast is one of the hottest prospects we've seen in the UK for a long while. Fabian the Assassin, Edwards.
0: Yes, yes, I did.
3: I'm real good, my brother. Not as good as you. I mean, you are still unbeaten. You are still looking good. No one's managed to uh, dent that smile of yours. That must be a really good feeling.
0: It's a good feeling, um, but I ain't surprised. You know, I've been telling everyone for ages I'm I'm the best middleweight, so I ain't surprised. No one's still laid a hand on me. Still had some,
3: so life is good. You know, you talk about surprises. There, there wasn't anybody who was surprised when your last opponent Falco Neto um, tested positive for steroids. Now, just looking at him, you could tell, quite honestly, that you, as a fellow Jamaican, would know the properties and the um, the the, the uh, advantage of eating. Dumplings, dashing, planting, mm. and and Yam, he definitely wasn't on that.
0: He wasn't on, on the hard food, you know what I mean? He wasn't, he wasn't on the food that I'm eating. He was eating that fucking Portuguese stuff, you know what I mean? So he was eating something different. Um, I would have been surprised if he came back and he said he wasn't on steroids. You know, if he came back and he said he wasn't on steroids, I would have said, fuck off, test him again. You know, so... There's no way that he could have passed that, that drug test. Them sort of guys, they can't maintain it for, for more than three minutes because, honest to God, no one's seen it, but he was tired. You know what I mean? Like, no one's seen it, but me looking at him, those few grappling exchanges I got into in the first round, he was tired. You know what I mean? So, I knew there was no way, there's no way he would have been able to either make it out in after the, first or even make it make it off his fucking stool for the second round because he was just, trying to squeeze the life out of me
3: without really doing any damage Now, obviously you dispatched him in pretty quick fashion, you're now on the London card, one of the things which is doing the rounds right now and, um, you know permission to speak candidly, and I feel that I can with you Fabian is that this opponent Especially when, you know, you look at the calibre of opponent that you actually destroyed in um, in Lee Chadwick. This is obviously a step down. I mean, what do you say to people, you know, myself included, I'll, I'll put my hand up, who look at this and think, why is this even taking place?
0: This is the thing that I, told, I said to everyone. I'm not active for these matches. I'm not the one that's going... Closed saying, uh, oh, Velator, to you please match me up with these dudes? I'm the one behind closed doors saying, match me up to all these top guys. You know, so you see what they're coming back with. And at the end of the day, we are mind to say no, you know, to keep me active. A lot of guys wanted to fight on the London card. And a lot of guys told, got told no and Velato came to me afterwards and said, mate, there's a space opened up for you. So you <laughs> just saves it all. I'm just trying to be an active fighter and i to just I have to fight what is put in front of me. You know, um, the monitor goes on. Jonathan's on the tour, and and that's it. You know, regardless, people people will see when I collect the bike, People will see when I collect that that world title that I am the best. You know, so I don't really, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really think much of it. it just it's what it's is, business, and it you know like they've got their own plan for me. So at the end of the day, I have to I have to fight the man that's in front of me
3: that that I definitely hear by the way it's Jonathan Basoku who you'll be fighting um, like I say I struggled with the name because it's not a name that I'd actually come across before now I, I take it that because you haven't actually heard uh, anything about him this isn't one which you're actually um, examining tape and really going deep into because I haven't
0: heard I haven't heard of him so I always give my so I would do my research on my opponent, you know, I never go in there. Doesn't matter how much I say this and say that, I still go in there, in there. Even if I'm fighting a guy that's making his baby. I try my best to find out all the information on him and on what he likes to do and what he don't like to do and and, and what he's like, so... <laughs> I'm looking at him, I'm going in there, I'm taking him serious. I'm just going in there to, to badly, the beam up, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going in to practice I'm going in there to him up bad and, and entertain the, the public.
3: Now, we've got the, the basic um, fight talk out of the way, but I'm intrigued a, a little bit about your mm. background. When I look at the roster of Bellator, you're the only Jamaican on the roster. Now, just in terms of your background as a Jamaican, did you actually come here um, as a child or was it more teenage years? When did you actually land in the UK? Um, I landed there when I was I Landed there when I was nine.
0: You know, um, landed here when I was nine primary school days, you know what I mean, like the last year, I think, or year and a half of primary school, jumped in
3: there. I mean, a lot of Jamaican (laughs) youth. So, so when you actually came over, you were, you were still, um, obviously, well, still steeped in Jamaican culture. How, how, in terms of like fitting in, how easy or how hard was it for you to actually fit into, well, English culture?
0: It was hard, it was hard to me. Um, I still haven't fit in. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fucking. But, but it was hard to me. Um, in, in primary school, I used to fucking, I used to have a few straps to do it because people used to try and you can take the piss. And in our culture, you can't make no one violate here. So, <clears throat> when I was in primary school, you used, used to have a few scraps. You know, um okay said to everyone, I'm undefeated on the streets <laughs> and I'm undefeated in the cage, so I had to come over there, handle my business. But after after a while, you know what I mean, after a while you made a few friends and and the English and I fit into the English culture into the English culture, you know, um, I went down the wrong path. But it it was alright, it wasn't too bad.
3: When you say you went down the wrong path, I take it that and um, the people that you were, uh, as my mum would say, linking head with, they were um, a little bit, um, put it this way, wayward, right?
0: Yeah. You know, um, that's it, man. I'm, I'm a good, you know, good YouTuber. <laughs> well, I just went down the wrong path, you know, hanging around friends, getting involved in whatever, everyone else was getting involved. But um, luckily for me, uh, I found a different path. I was able change my life around after going through whatever I went through, so... <sighs> that's it, you know. Like I keep telling, like I keep telling the youth, you know what I mean. I tell, I tell the youth that there's more to life than than the road, you know. Because I, and I'm someone that's speaking for me. I'm not, I'm not a guy that's pretending to be on the road. I've been on there, I've done all of that. So I mean, there's a lot more to life, and and your mind frame don't have to be trapped into that lifestyle.
3: You're right, and um, I'm intrigued as to what was the turning point for you because. If your mum was anything like my mum, any time that you'd got into any trouble, whether it be at school, on the road, you'd get a good backside in. So what was it that acted as the turning point for you though? The turning point for me, uh, turning point for me was, I don't
0: know, I got into a lot of trouble. That was the turning point. Um, my mum was like I'm, 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 I'm a girl, and to mum, you know what I mean? And to do something on the HRC, but after a while, I like, used to the in, so the beatings didn't bother me, but I still used to, I still used to get a bad youth. so, <clears throat> that was the turning point for me, the turning point was, got myself in a lot of trouble, I realised, okay, this ain't a lie for me, you know, i time wasted, I'm, ain't nothing, ain't nothing like, involved in it, you know, I got a lot of friends that's, 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 in jail, been in jail, still in jail, won't be out for another 10 years, so, that, that was a turning point for me, you know, I realised, oh, fucking hell, like, like, that could have been me. I could have been me inside for a long time. So that's the that, that turning point. Is, just realise, for me personally, I'm just, I'm just happy that i am matured. You know, I'm, I'm matured. I've changed, changed my circle. So that was the turning point
3: for me. And now when you fast forward and you look at basically the future that's ahead of you now, it's pretty bright. Mm-hmm. Speaking of pretty bright, you have recently re-signed to mm-hmm. Bellator. And... Um, I have to say, um, I hear that it's for violent money, and uh, we're talking like seriously violent money.
0: <laughs> now you know what? Yeah. You know what? It's not for it's for easy money. That's what it's for. It's for, it's for easy money. That's what it's for, man. You know, what I mean, I started I started the for us, you know. So I signed for that easy money, and it's a lot of easy money. So I got a master contract, you know. Um, like I got, i'm getting paid i'm getting paid so i'm i'm actually i'm actually ability to handling me you know i feel like um feel like all my hard work is paying off and i'm i'm being able to provide for, for people around me now which is <clears throat> which is my main one of my main things you know being able to provide and, and achieve greatness and i'm i'm doing
3: i'm on the path to doing both that must feel pretty sweet, having come from a background, albeit recently, where you were basically mopping floors before you went to the gym, and then training, and then coming back and mopping some more floors. That must feel like you've, 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 you've definitely made it now.
0: Yeah, this just so feels like, um, you know, like, it I'm on a man of pressure. Like, if so I want I, I to, I, I didn't have to fight for a whole year, and I've still got money, you know what I mean? I look and go out there and enjoy my life, but... But well, for me, um, it's just the job's not done yet, you know. I mean the job's never done until I hang up the gloves. So you saying to people, I am not got time to have myself on the back. I I honestly haven't, you know, like I don't I don't sit there and think to myself, oh, mate, you're sick. I don't ever think that, you know, I'm always just there thinking there's another another body in front of you to take away. Um take apart, sorry. And there's more money to be made. You know, I'm trying to finish this I'm trying to finish this for I'm being made, you know, like my family don't have to work. I'm not trying to finish the sport and then go back to normal normal working life. I'm, I'm trying to get really paid. I'm trying
3: to get some money, you know? <laughs> I, I definitely hear that. And um, it's interesting and quite intriguing that you talked about the Easy Money Tour because the Easy Money Tour came up last week when I interviewed Mike Shipman. And obviously, you know, old Mike likes to... Uh, how can I put it? Poke the bear, but your name came up in conversation, and uh, one of the things which was quite intriguing was um, Mike Shipman was of the opinion that he'd given you the opportunity, not just outside the cage, but to actually fight inside the cage. But he hadn't heard anything for you and uh, from you, and he felt to a certain extent that perhaps Bellator were well thinking you weren't ready for him yet. Fucking
0: to be man because I'm not a man. From my the background I come from, I'm not gonna say something and then fucking retreat and say, and, Oh mate, I didn't say that, fuck that. I said I want to fight, I said it publicly. And that's at the end of the day, it's not up to me, it's not up to him. It's up to bellator you know, so I'm actually gonna fight, I'm saying to Belarus, give him give me that fight, give him not a fight. Yes, they, they haven't said anything, they are giving me fucking other people, you know? So, at the end of the day, what am I meant to do about that? You know, I, I don't think he wants to fight, I think he's talking shit. I honestly, I honestly think he's talking shit, man, because he didn't want to fight. In, he didn't want to fight in, when we were in Bama together. And he sure don't want to fight now in Bellator. You know, and I know I know he's watching and I know he's scared. He can, say, he can say all he wants to say, but I know that man is scared because eventually, one day, we will be locked in a cage and they will be looking across from there thinking, Fucking a world I signed up for. and I'm going to embarrass them when that day comes.
3: Now, I'd be lying if I said that that isn't the fight that I'd want to see. So I can't wait until you do finally meet because I really feel, considering he's fighting Costello Van Stienis, which is a tough opponent, I, yeah. for some reason, I've got it in my head that you definitely are on a collision course with Mike Shipman. Yeah, I'm gonna
0: kill of course for both of them guys, like legit, both of them guys um they both got nice records, but <sighs> records I don't look at records and think, oh I fucking know. I don't think anything, I don't look at power, I don't I don't come I don't come from background, I look at people and, and I feel intimidated. I'm not I'm not that, I'm not that person, so, so yeah, on the course, hopefully after after I go there and I destroy Jonathan and hopefully he gets through his fight. We can make that fight happen. In September on the Dublin card, you Now I'll be I'll be jumping on the mic and I'll be shouting for that fight. And I want to see why. You know, I mean, I, I, I want to see why say Then because, like I say again publicly, I've said I want it. I mean, publicly I've said I've said that I want to add him on to the easy monitor, And he's the man that's that's talking shit, he's talking about he wants to have a fight in the gym. You know, like that's not the time. I've fucking I've done all my street fights. I've I've been in trouble. I've done all that bollocks. I mean, nice time to get paid.
3: Sam Stewart returns to action at UFC 238 this coming weekend. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the WOCast, Darren Stewart. Hello,
6: everyone. everyone. How are you doing?
3: I'm good. Not as good as you. Obviously, you are back in the fold. And um, just following up from... Uh, some of the things that we covered the last time round. I'm intrigued. I'm kind of uh, hoping that you're going to be saying the right things or saying the things which I feel will take your game on a piece. You were debating, you were of the mindset that maybe just perhaps that having a day job was actually getting in the way of you being successful in uh, mixed martial arts, in particular the UFC. What's actually happened to that day job now?
6: What it is, what I've done, it's still there. But they give me a year break, like a career break. So they give me a year to just um, go and do what I need to do. And you know, I can go back anytime I want. You know, if it doesn't work out by next month or whatever, I can go back anytime, anytime I want. I've got a whole year off, and I'm praying it goes well. So I have to go back.
3: That's pretty incredible that they've given you that sort of, um, well, leeway. They've also left the door open to you, and it's good to have options. I mean, just on options, I'm intrigued. A lot of the people that I speak to, and funnily enough, I was speaking to Jimmy Manuel about this because for me, he seems to be the epitome of options in terms of future-proofing his career. How have you set about future-proofing your career? How, have you invested in businesses? Have you invested in um, income streams, which basically mean that you know there is life after fighting?
6: Um, I haven't got to that stage yet. I mean, it's still early doors. I've only really been full-time for about three months. But what I, I would say is that I've invested in myself. I um, you know I can just get more training equipment I need for my training and just better my training I feel like better than my training I'm already investing myself I'm getting better I'm already growing as a fighter you know Um, the stuff you mentioned that's the next step you know so I'm hoping to look into that after this fight
3: that's pretty good now in terms of um, investing in yourself have you still kept on the psych coach and uh, how's that going
6: Oh, the psychology uh, No, I haven't. Um, not on purpose. Um, it's just um, that just, things just, just happen, man. I've just been training after that last fight I had. Uh, I, I think I spoke to him long ago, but nothing personal. just kind of drifted. I was uh, more right, to be fair. Um, I'm good. Uh, my One of my team members from the TDP, the Dennis Partnership, Uh, He's put me on to um, a performance coach, so it's not a psychology, sports psychology, a performance coach, just how to perform on the night. Um, Again, he's helped me as well, um, mentally as well, Um, but um, who knows what happens after this. I might meet someone new down the line, do you know what I mean? So it's not that I haven't um, stayed in contact with him for personal reasons with them. sorry. It's just uh, things happen, man. Time's gone so quick, man. I mean, when my baby come along, full-time training, there was no time to even chat to anyone. I hardly even see my family, do you know what I mean? So, that's that's, that's what's happened. So, she's still there, though. She said anytime I need to speak to her, I can always um, stay in touch with her, do you know what I mean? Um, Right now, like I said, I'm speaking to the performance coach, and he's doing a very good job. So, um, yeah, that's it so far.
3: And I have to say, okay, I congratulated you over social media or um, via um, DM, but congratulations on the newborn. You are now a dad to two wonderful children. How's that been? I mean, I I take it that that's been sapping your energy as well.
6: Definitely, man. I mean, it's emotional, man. Even, like, my miss is like, I'm getting a bit down. I don't know if it's the weight cut or the adrenaline's kicking in, come back to go to a war, I don't know what it is, but, it's sad because uh, my son, since Wednesday, well, since Monday, he's been saying, you know, I want to play this, I want to play that. I said, yeah, I will. And I can't because I'm, I'm, I'm out. Do you know what I mean? I'm out. I'm always busy training because it's coming up to the last bit of my training camp. And uh, it's just emotional, man. I just can't wait to like, be back and give back to them. Do you know what I mean? I haven't really spent time with the little one as much because when I got told I was on UFC London, I was training for that. I and mean, then I got took off the card, so I might have had a week off, whatever. Then I got told I'm on this card, so I'll be back in training camp. So since he had been born in January, I haven't really spent much time with him, the new one. So for been a long time, you know, it's just been frustrating.
3: Well, it's incredible to see that, you know, you are pretty hands-on and you have, you know, um, taken an active role. I mean, speaking of um, active or the word active, it, it looks as though, you're on track to remain active just as long as they don't take you off the card again. I mean, is that the kind of like desire? Is that the kind of goal this year to be as active as possible?
6: Yeah, man, that's how I used to always be. You know, when I was fighting on Killer Cam or K-Drawers, I was fighting like four times a year, probably. Do you know what I mean? It's better for me mentally, that's what it is. I'm not just doing it because yeah, I like fighting. Obviously I'm doing it because I like fighting. That's obvious. But also mentally, I don't like the waiting game. You probably heard me saying in, you know, in uh, previous interviews, like I don't do the waiting game, innit? When I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I start thinking too much, innit? And you're making things bigger than what it is. Tell me I'm fighting next month. Okay, cool. I will fight next month. Okay, depending how the fight goes, two months fight again. Yeah, I fight again. I don't. I don't like this whole eight, six month business, man. It's just, it's long. You got and like I said, I'm at work at the moment. You know what I mean? You've got kids to feed, man. It's just long
3: that are definitely here and in terms of work. Next up, you've got Bevan Lewis. Now, I take it that, you know, tape has been watched and you know exactly what sort of game plan have you um, got in line. Now, in terms of threats, what does uh, Bevan actually pose in terms of threats to you? Um, The
6: old Darren, yeah, he's got quite a few threats, man, like, to the old Darren, like, Good range, very active, always being first. Um, pinpoint on these shots, very technical. Good fire IQ. But the new Darren we're talking about, I brought back my old school style. Like them, don't matter what you do, my movement you can't beat it. When someone's moving in front of your face, you can't beat it. I don't care who you are, man. And I've I've, I've, I've trained some of the best. Like you can't beat it, man. And uh, you know, that's what got me there, to UFC. And as I got to the UFC, after my first loss, kind of drifted from that, you know? Like, I, lo- I lost, I should have said, you know what, okay, if I'm gonna move, work on some more conditioning, work on more cardio, and just improving the movement. Instead, I got rid of it. Whether I won some and I lost some, I got rid of it, you know what I mean? Like It wasn't me, now I'm just back in it, now I'm back. Now I'm just like, we touch girls, I'm dancing in there. So there's no threat if I'm dancing in there. There's only a threat if I'm standstill. still. Which is most of his opponents, he's fought at his fought have been standstill, which is why he looks so good. But if I'm moving, you can't touch me, man. And my fitness is just sky high now. Like, 15 minutes of constant moving. You know, most commentators will say, oh, yeah, he needs to conserve energy, he's moving too much. That's not me, man. I'll bounce for fun for 15 minutes. But right now, I don't see no threat. He's just, he's just, he's he, he got a long reach. I'm, okay, cool. No, you know what, take that back, I don't see no threat, because everything, every fight I've got from UFC I've been through. So,
3: no threat. Now, it's interesting that you incorporated uh, constant movement, um, basically never settling down. How much of that is down to your salsa? I might be reaching here, but it seems like movement, obviously, is an integral part of salsa how much of that has been an influence on the need to move constantly
6: none <laughs> because i was moving before salsa I just salsa just like to dance uh, i came from a taekwondo background so already i was constantly moving uh, salsa is good for cardio and coordination definitely mm. helped me with that mm. but in terms of constantly moving nah i got it from taekwondo and um, you know i got to the ufc as a taekwondo mover do you know what i mean I got to USC as that, and then as, as my journey been to USC. If you watch every fight about USC, it's crazy. Like, trying to prepare for me, I don't know what Ben going to do. He's going to have his best game. Like, every fight in my UFC career has been different. He doesn't know what I'm going to do. You know what I'm saying? So, he, the way I'm going to fight now, he's not expecting this. Hell no. I don't care what no one says. Um, back to your question. Yeah, it so sounds nah. like that. It sounds just kind of like dancing, but my movement kept me tap on the. Okay.
3: Now, I've obviously, um, well, obviously, I've seen quite a few of your pictures on Instagram and uh, it seems like you're spending a lot of time down in Titan. Is that a gym which you're transitioning to or are you just trying to pick up sparring because there are more weights or more uh, bodies in your weight category there?
6: Yeah, second one. Yeah, more bodies, more people to spar and um, yeah. That's it, really. I feel I'm making it, but um, I like to get help elsewhere as well, you know? So, definitely the second part we just said.
3: Now, you know, when you move to somewhere like um, Titan because of the bodies, how do you incorporate coaching into your sparring if you're basically at a completely different gym? How does that actually work?
6: Oh, uh, we are video whatever ah, yeah. I do, whatever we do, we do the video, I and mean, then I take it back to my coach. And then he'll are back and say, okay, so on the night we'll, we'll do this at my gym as well. So what I'm doing at Titan, I don't just leave it there, I'll do it at my gym as well. Interesting. Yeah, and then on the night we'll say, okay, remember we did so-and-so, you know? It's not okay, so fight night comes, oh, remember what Titan told you? No, remember this. You Know what I mean? I'm with you, I'm with you.
3: So. Again, picking up from one of the last conversations that we had, I'm intrigued and uh, interested in your take on this. Just as a parting question, I feel to a certain extent we um, dealt with, um, basically, youth violence, what's actually happening on the streets. And one of the things which I was intrigued about, in your area in Romford, basically a a few weeks back, must have been about a month ago, there was an incident with a young man. He, he, He couldn't have been more than... 15, 14, 15. And I just wondered whether you saw that. It's where, okay, it was a snippet of a video. So obviously we haven't got the, the, the whole context, but it was where an officer seemed to be using like, um, well, undue force, uh, 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 overreacting um, to what essentially was an arrest situation. I just wondered what your take on that was. I mean, given, I have to keep saying, Given that we've only seen the snippet, I just wonder what your thoughts were.
6: That's what I was gonna say. Like, first first impression is like, oh my god, what's he doing? Racist, racist, racist. You know I mean, that's everyone view, it. But um, I don't know what happened before that. You know, I don't know. I wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? So it was okay. I think it was. It was, um, was he beating a guy as well in it? And the guy that like, stopped that on to take the to court or something like that. Was that's right.
3: Yeah, that's right.
6: So from what I can see. From what I can see, all I'm I'm talking about what I can see, there's no need to keep beating him. He didn't do, he did not resisting. That was wrong. But again, there was no more, there's no more snippets of what happened before or after that. So I don't know. From what I see, I'm going by the video I saw. Maybe someone could have chopped that video on purpose and just showed that part. True. You know what I mean? He might have, he might have tried to hit the police guy and then they chopped that bit off and then just showed the police guy hitting him. So you don't know. So, I mean, you don't know. But from what I saw, yeah, that was wrong. The police guy beat him for no reason. The guy was threatening for his life, like, and everyone was standing there, doing as as normal human beings do.
3: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Now, just to round things off, I mean, speaking of what human beings do, in your case, you fight. When do you actually fly out, and um, what's the sort of like acclimatization process for you? What does that look like? Getting ready for fight night.
6: I come time pretty well, man. Like, people say you should go out there a week before and that, uh, but like I said, man, I can't really afford that. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. People can say this and that, but you got to do what you got to bear what you got. So I get there on the a Monday, and I find Saturday. That's what I've got to do with, you know what I mean? That's what I've got to do with, so that's how it goes. Um, I put, I, I, I'm okay with time difference. I adjust very quickly. Don't ask me why, but every fight i had abroad, I've adjusted quickly. There's no been a wake up jet lag or that crap. Now, I just very pretty quickly, so, uh, some say, you know, I lost a few because obviously I'm climatizing, the guy you're fighting is from there. Okay, but if I won that fight, would people say that? Do you know what I mean? Those are ifs and buts, but how I feel personally, and I'm telling you myself, I feel good. Maybe there is some sort of jet lagging, not climatizing somewhere there, but for me, I feel good incredible.
3: Well, Darren Stewart versus Bevan Lewis goes down this coming Saturday and uh, we'll definitely be watching and um, hoping to see you continue on your winning ways. That wraps up this episode of The Woecast. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and that is Mike Woe TV to discuss any aspects of this show that you loved or hated. Until then, make some trouble